time for Cigar Talk, the fastest growing cigar show in the nation. Whether you're a new cigar enthusiast or a cigar aficionado, we have something for everyone. Bringing you the best interviews, cigar reviews. So grab yourself a cigar. It's time to light them up. Welcome back, Cigar Talk. I'm your host, Rob Jones, and we have a special guest with us today, Jawanza from, I'm just going to say Atlanta. Atlanta. And did I pronounce your name correctly? You did. Perfect. All right. Wow. Lamar. Yep. And everybody in Texas knows that's an accomplishment for me. <laughs> like, I mispronounce everything. In fact, my co-host says, because I grew up in Lubbock, I speak fluent Lubbockian. <laughs> but that's because he's a dick. But anyway, uh, thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely. So, me and Juwanza are here at Cutter's Cigar Lounge in... Uh, Alpharetta, Georgia. Thank you. There you go. And let me tell you what, guys. If you're anywhere near Georgia, you should come by this place. This nice place spot. is nice. It's got the indoor. It's got the humidor. It's got the patio. It's got TVs. They have amazing coffee. Of course. Which you said you think is Pete's Pike. It's Pike's Peak. Pike's Peak. Pike's Peak. Gotcha. Yeah, Pike's Peak is the coffee, I think. And you guys know how much of a coffee guy I am. If I'm not drinking bourbon, I'm drinking coffee. And so when I say their coffee's good, it was like, wow. Nice. They knocked it out. Now, when they brought the coffee out, do they put cream in it? Uh, ahead of time. Okay. Right? So before. Yeah. I don't. I normally only drink it black. They'll put a little bit of foam on top. We got a, I actually got a cappuccino, and it paired really well with the uh, LFDA is what I had. Chapter two. Yes, chapter yeah, two. Yeah, I came into the humidor, guys, when I got here. I'm always looking for things, and I was looking for an LFD chapter two, and the box was empty. I come <laughs> out. I sit down. I'm visiting with some new friends. That's- I look over, and I'm like, dude, smoking a chapter <laughs> two. And I don't smoke a lot of LFD, yes. so... I was like, a chapter two is really my only LFD smoke. Like, that's the cigar from LFD I like. It's a very unique cigar to all their other blends. Like, it doesn't compare to any other of their cigars. Okay. That red pepper cayenne blend you get. Like, I've never had another cigar that has that. I've never had it described the way that you did. And absolutely, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do do taste that. Right? Well... I didn't know that when I smoked it until a friend told me. Old man Bill, who used to own a cigar shop, I had him on the show last week, and he's the one that was like, are you getting that red pepper? And I was like, now yes. that you mention it, I am. Yeah. That's I didn't know because I'd never had a cigar that had that. Well, she appreciate it, right? When Absolutely. You, when you know what it is. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your cigar experience. Well, let's, let's so so I'm a neophyte. Back. I'm a neophyte, right? So two years in, max. Right, started with uh, kind of hanging out with a buddy of mine, Kari, and we started smoking cigars together, and he kind of introduced me to it, and at the same time pairing it with bourbon, and so we would have bourbon evenings out on the porch, right? Because I think that's that's what really makes cigar smoking as well as bourbon tasting, right? Absolutely, it, it, it's it's all about the camaraderie, sitting around with friends. Like you, you don't gulp bourbon right nor do you like like really take a big drag off a cigar you enjoy it it's it's all about the experience absolutely and if you're like puffing like a freight train you're not enjoying your surroundings exactly and that's one of the things that i love about the cigars that i really love 
is if I don't have to think about the cigar and it's a right. good experience, that's right. a good cigar. That's a good cigar, yeah. Like if I'm enjoying the conversation yeah. over the cigar, the cigar is perfect. I actually thought that for the longest, I was just puffing on a cigar and not, not enjoying it. And only recently was I um, having a cigar. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know what? I'm not enjoying this. It's and, and a friend of mine looked at me and said, you know, some cigars, you get bored halfway through. And I was, and, and I'm like, that's exactly what's going on. I realized that I was enjoying all these cigars. And then I found one that I wasn't. Halfway through, I, I said, you know what? I'm done with this because it's boring, right? Thank you. I'm not <laughs> going to finish something that I'm not enjoying. Right. Yep. I'm the same way. And for me, and I don't know how you are, but like if I cut a cigar and the cigar's plugged and I can't get a good draw, I don't mess with it. I throw it away throw and I light a new one because I don't want to spend the next hour pissed working. off. Working. Yes. If I have to work and, you know, back in the day when I was a much newer, I, I'd be like squeezing it, trying to find that hard spot and open it up. And yeah. it was like sometimes that was successful but by doing that it took away from the overall experience because yeah. i'm just messing with the cigar right right not enjoying it yeah so before we started the show sure. we went to the humidor and i picked up a gift cigar for my new cigar brother very much appreciated yes and it is the 1964 yes. reserve and it is in the hermoso you guys know i love the hermoso it's just you know if you were to smoke that cigar in like a six inch or bigger, it might be a little much. Right. But in that shorter cigar, it, it burns so much slower. And that's one of the things that Padron is known for because okay. what causes a cigar to burn slower mm -hmm. is the oils in the ah, leaf. I didn't know that. It slows down the burn. If okay. you smoke a cigar that just like lightning burns. Right. There's not a lot of oil in those leaves. Makes sense. And so, and I just learned that a few months ago. So, you, it's a, you know, with cigars, you're always learning. Always learning. Oh, absolutely. And so, anyway, that, even in that shorter cigar, you think it, oh, that's only going to be a 30-minute stick. No. I will tell you, I started this one probably 15 minutes ago. The draw is excellent. And it has almost an aftertaste. It's almost like a, and it's a really good aftertaste. It's a nice draw. You pull, and then all of a sudden, you hit with some, I wouldn't say florals, but it's just a, a nice, like, kick that says you're smoking a cigar. It's a it's yeah. a smooth, almost semi-sweet at first. Yes. But then, for me, I have it transitioned into something that I would describe as, like, maybe a cedar. Okay. Maybe a little, like, wood something. Let me test your description here. Well... Like I said, I do not have the most discerning palate. I am, you know what? My cigar reviews are this up or down. This, if I like it, yeah. I like it. If I don't, then that doesn't mean it's a bad cigar. That means that it's not a cigar that I like. Right. Because there's a million cigars out there that I probably don't like, but that they're out there because somebody likes them. Well, I've come to realize that it's not just, you know, burning tobacco here. Like it's, I, I finally have realized that every cigar has its own characteristics. Oh. You either like them or you don't. Not everybody. You know, there are some people that love a certain cigar, and I'm like, I can't stand it. I don't like – I've come to realize 
I do not like flavored cigars. Good I, for you. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like flavored cigars. And there have been a couple that, are, you know, had cool wrappings and things like that. And I'm like, you know what? That's cool. They're masterful, masterfully marketed, marketed. Marketed, yes. That's cool, but you know what? I don't enjoy this. And you right? know what? There's and I'm a, not going to push through. There's a hundred guys sitting next to you that love that cigar. Absolutely. And that's okay. And that's okay. I, I, yep. used, I used to see guys checking out at the register and they'd be buying flavored cigars. Yeah. And one time I was sitting back at the lounge and there was this like beast of a man yeah. come in the shop. And I mean, he's like six foot, six foot four, six foot six, probably weighed 280, but he was like massive muscle. Right. Like you're not going to mess guy. with that guy. Big guy. Yeah. And he comes back from the humidor and he's at the register and he's got like four cigars and all four of them are like the Blondie, the Deep Dish. They're mm-hmm. all flavored. And I said to him, I said, oh, I see you're buying cigars for your wife. And he was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, I figured that you were buying those for your wife. Those are pretty girly. Yeah, really girly. Yeah. And he was very open and friendly yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. it. And he was like, so what would you recommend? I took him back in the humidor. I picked him out some very, very like light to medium cigars right because if someone is used to the uh, flavored flavor yeah, you absolutely. don't want to jump them into something Straight, like that yeah because yep. they're not going to enjoy that that's the right. worst thing you can do is jump someone into something that it's is too much too strong it's for too them. Much. Yeah, yeah too, it's much. too much and so next thing i know me and that dude's hanging out smoking cigars you know what's cool is that you'll meet people and they'll ask you what do you like and based upon that they're like hey Try this, and I find that that I always go to my go-to cigars, and I'll buy one or two, and then I'll branch out and, and try something new and different. I like it or I don't, right? And and after all the years, I'm still exactly like that. Yeah. When I go in to a humidor, and our humidor in my hometown is probably a little bit bigger than that. Okay. And it has, I mean, and that's by the way, that's that's huge. It's a nice, that's huge. <laughs> and you know what? I love a nice and neat humidor. Yes. Like, have you ever been in one that's just kind of like a hodgepodge of? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I was at a lounge uh, day before yesterday, and the owner, I was in the lounge with him, and he said, "Give me some critique. Yeah. Tell me what you yeah. would change. Tell me what you don't like." Yeah. And I said. Just because my home shop spoils me, I can't stand to see boxes of disheveled cigars. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want them stacked nice and neat, wrapper up. Which hasn't been my experience, right? I'll go in, and what's really nice is that the guys that um, run the humidor here, they'll look and they'll go, hey, you usually get X, Y, and Z. I want you to try this, right? And they'll bring one out. I'm like, man, I really enjoy that. So they're really attentive to what my likes are. And they'll, you know, I, I look for them to have some book or whatever, but they don't. They're like, hey, I know what you like. Try give this, this out. Try. Yeah, give this a try. And 90% of the time, they're on point. And because they're on point, and I tell this to all the newer guys, which yeah. you've smoked for two years. Yep, about two years. I still consider that to be a very new cigar it smoker. It is. Uh, you know, absolutely. Don't take offense to that. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's not offensive. Yeah. It's 
you're in the early stage. Early stage, yep. And so I tell people, when you go into a cigar shop, ask the tobacconist for help because oh, they yeah. have knowledge. In fact, the tobacconist that's in there, who, what was his name? Uh, that's Brandon that's in there not so, right now. Yeah. So I was talking to him. The Javier, who's really good as well. Well, yeah. I said, what do you know about this and this? And the dude was on point. Yep. And I was like, dude, you're good. <laughs> and he said, well, I've only been doing this for two years. And I was like, you're on point, bro. I might be a little spoiled because that has been my experience here where I just walk in. I have no idea. I'm like, pick me out one. Right. And they keep track of it. And there's only been two oh, cigars. they keep track of it they for keep you? Track. There's two. There only been two cigars that they recommended that I'm like, Mm, and, it, it, and it was more of a try it, let me know what you think. And I'm like, yeah, I hate that, right? But there have only been two of them that I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't like that at all. When right? I started, I didn't write down cigars. I'm, I, yeah. You know, there are people that keep journals. Oh, of course. I've almost bought one. That's not right? me. It's, I've almost bought one. I mean, one. I don't have time to be writing cigars down all day. Yeah, well, of course. So, of course. but I always made note of what I didn't like. I wonder if I've been spoiled by coming here. Oh, I'll, you have. I'll literally be Dude, like, you have. Hey, just pick me out one. And, and like, okay. Let you me know. tell you something. Just from the environment, yep. you have been spoiled. Okay. Like this Fair is enough. a top notch cigar lounge. Fair enough. Never had a bad experience, right? I've had a bag of cigar, but not a bad experience at all. And that's okay. Yeah, and that's I mean, okay. Yeah. There's hundreds of cigars out there. So as you make your way through, I mean, I still smoke cigars I don't like because yeah. not on purpose, but I like to try new things. Of course. I like to try new bourbons. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a liquor store and I enjoy the Whistle Pig Rye. Yep. I bought a bottle of Whistle Pig Bourbon, which I had been looking for for months. I saw it, I bought it, yep. and I hated it. Yeah. I took one drink and I was like, I'm going to take this to the <laughs> lounge because somebody will drink it. And you know, I'll give it out to someone. Right? And so we have a guy in our lounge that he is, first of all, he is disabled. Okay. And so he is on a monthly fixed income. Okay. And so he doesn't buy expensive cigars. He doesn't buy expensive uh, bourbons. He loves both. And so on occasion, everybody be like, hey, man, try this out. Well, I had that whistle pig and we poured him a glass and I said, hey, man, try this. Because if you liked it, I was going to say, take it. Yeah. He took one drink and he was like, no. And I was like, so if you know Matthew doesn't like it, it's no good. <laughs> I'm big on taste profiles. Like we all have different taste profiles. Right. And you may like something and I may hate it. You right? may hate it. Yep. Right. And so you. You meet different people. They introduce different things into your pool, and you try different things, and you, and you figure out who has a taste pile profile that's a lot like yours, right? And from that, I've been suggested a lot of really good cigars. Yeah, and you know, as long all with different characteristics too, right? So there's the length of. The, so sometimes I'll come here to this spot, and I'm like, all right, I'm here to work. I'm going to be here for only two hours. Therefore, this is the size cigar I'm going to get. Like, I know what my experience is going to be versus another day when I'm coming. So being only two years in, yeah, that's really good that you know what cigar equals what time. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's a time is a big deal. Jump ahead. Oh, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to ever feel like I've got to finish a cigar, right? And that it's work, 
Now, yeah, I don't ever want that. For me, yep. I never worry about finishing a cigar because do you smoke in your car? No. Well, I'm a professional. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't ever have to finish it before I leave. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. But, but not having that pressure, right? It's just, hey, I'm enjoying this. And I love feeling like, you know, I got to get every little bit of a cigar because I'm enjoying it. Right. Versus. I don't ever want to be rushed on that cigar. Exactly. And like, because I smoke in my vehicle, I'm like, all right, let's go. And I just keep smoking. But I understand there are some times, you know, depending on what I'm doing with the wife that I can't smoke. And so I don't want to light up that cigar. When I know I only have 30 minutes. So here's the difference between you and me. Is that I don't smoke at home, all right? For, for me, it's a, it's a function of the camaraderie, sitting around with people. How long is this person going to be? How long are my friends going to be here? And I'll time the cigar based off, off of, hey, do I, do I have an hour? Do I have two hours? What do I have? And based upon that, that'll also dictate what kind of cigar that I get, right? Because I don't want to feel rushed. Let me tell you what I'm jealous of you about. <laughs> like, how often do you smoke cigars in a month? How many in a month do you think you have? Maybe eight or nine. Okay. Like in a month. So, basically, in a month, I'm yeah. smoking that in a day. Yeah, absolutely. So, so We're very different in that, in that here, respect. Here's yes. what I'm jealous about. What's that? One is... Like, I could be driving a brand new $60,000 truck, (laughs) but I'm not. (laughs) No, the part that I'm jealous about is if I only smoke, say, 10 cigars in a month, I could afford to buy the very best of what I want. Right. But when you smoke eight a day, I can't afford to smoke (laughs) the very best all day, every day. I have a, you know, the the beauty is, is that where, where I am right now, I don't really care about the price of the cigar. It's about the experience. That's what I mean. I'm jealous me, of that. Yeah, I'm jealous of that. Me, if you give me a good cigar, I'm like, man, this is this is a really nice cigar. Like I tried an Andalusian Bull, and I was like, I've never had a cigar last this long. Like it lasted forever. Now, I don't know if that's your experience with that cigar. Well, how was the experience on the Andalusian Bull for you? I've never had a cigar that lasted as long. That burned as cleanly, and at the same time, like, like it was an experience, right? It was a trip to take. You know, friends of mine, it was actually my birthday, and I was given the cigar, and I went, I've never had a cigar that I left, went to the bathroom, came back, and it was, it was still, still burning. It was still burning, perfectly fine, right? I have those same experiences, and whenever I set a cigar down, and I've got to go run and do something, yeah. and then come back, and it's still burning, I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. That was, that's a good cigar. I truly enjoy And at the same time, it wasn't work. It was just, it was, it was just flowing with it, right? It was, it was a great experience. Now, right? being a newer cigar smoker, of course, have you just, have you, like, let me see how I put this. Have you, like, figured out what I like? What sizes you like? Yes. And, you know, because that's another step. It's interesting that you ask that. It's really, it's really more determined by what's my time? Am I rushed? Am I not? Do I really want to sit down and enjoy one, something? Or do I want to just kind of push through and enjoy the company more so than the cigar? All those factors go into me saying, yep, nope, 
you know, I want a mild. I want. I don't like a really light cigar. I I, I don't I, either. Yeah, I don't I'm, like that. Right now, mid. Have you smoked any Connecticut's? Do you like Connecticut's? No, I haven't. I haven't okay. tried that. So when I was in your position at two years old, yeah. not two years old, two years I, as a cigar smoker. Of course. So I'm a two year old. I'm a neophyte. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm not offended. With a, I'm smoking with a toddler. I'm not offended <laughs> by that whatsoever. Yes, I'm still learning. Absolutely, for all the listeners. But I went down a road that you're not going down. You a, you are miles ahead of me at the time when I was smoking at the same stage. Do you know why? And I curse my friends because you're it. with good friends. I'm with good friends, and I'm like, man, I can't even appreciate a really bad cigar because all I've had is good stuff. And I was sitting here one day, and I said, "What is that smell?" And my buddy leans over. He goes, "That's a bad cigar." And I went, "Oh, okay." You, you know, someone smell else smell them from yeah, a mile like, away. I'm like, "Oh, okay, right." And so you've never had to smoke those. I've never smoked those. You yeah. are so spoiled. No, I've never wow. smoked that. Right. I have smoked cigars that were equivalent, and pardon my language, but they were complete dog shit. Yeah. And yeah. back in the day. I didn't know any better. Yeah. I I, I bought a box of those yeah. and would smoke the whole oh, box. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I was like, but it was it was a really dark cigar. Yep. And it was a six by sixty. It was huge. Yeah. And I just thought, this is what a cigar smoker I, does. It's probably bad of me, but I never look at the prices. I'm just like, hey, this is what I'd like today, blah, blah, blah. Because they'll ask you here, you know, what what do you what, what excuse me. What do you really want your experience to be today? Do you want something dark? Do you want something light? You know, are you, you know, what size? And I'll tell them and they'll suggest something, which is great. And it's always been, it's always been great, right? But thought of pushing through a cigar and feeling that like I got like? that I don't like <laughs> and that I got to get my money's worth. No, that's that's not what cigar smoking should no, be. No, it's not. And yeah. so it should it, accent my experience. You know? it, it's it's not the be all, it's the compliment. Yes, it's, it's I'm sorry, it's a compliment. That's and if it's word. not a compliment, yes. then you're missing the mark. Yeah. And yeah. so what I loved about though, like you said, when I walked into y'all's humidor, the tobacconist, I asked him, I said, I would like to know what your go to stick in the whole humidor is, because like, yep. if it's something I haven't smoked, I want to smoke it. And he said to me. Are we talking about prices no issue? Or yep. Are we talking about like an everyday smoke? And I was like, well, give me both because I'm on vacation. And so right now, well, to be honest with you, Joel's paying for my cigar. So, you know, yeah, price is no object to me. I'm just kidding you. I'm very yeah. conscious. You know, for me, honestly, a cigar accents my compliments. I like the word better. Compliments my experience here. And, and so I look at. At the end of the evening, how much have I, how much have I paid for that experience, right? And it lets me allow it. It allows me the opportunity to just enjoy the cigar and not worry about the cost so much, right? So when you think because about I'm not it, it's walking not that out, expensive, right? It's not that expensive. I'm not walking out with a you know two hundred dollar bill. That's not me, right? Right. It's not me at all. Unfortunately, I do that a lot. But <laughs> uh, I mean, think about this though. You have a daughter. Yep. You told me earlier. Yep. If you took her to a movie and you bought drinks and popcorn and candy. I 
it you're going to spend 40 50 bucks. I'm spending easy. more. I told her. <laughs> I actually did that. It's just funny that you should mention that. I took her to a movie. I looked at her. I'm like, no, you need to wake <laughs> up. I spent 50 bucks for you to watch this movie. You need to wake up. You know? Nice meeting you, bro. I met a fellow Texan born in Port Arthur, Texas. Which is crazy, isn't Which is it? where I was born. So, small world, bro. <laughs> nice meeting you. Again, you, you meet the most interesting people at Cigar Bars thus far. Like, that's, that's the really good thing about this place is that I've never had a bad experience. And you have, you know, over a cigar, you know, you can talk to people from different walks of life. And there's no strangers. And there's no strangers. And you can differ in opinions, but, you know, the fact that you're sitting there having a cigar, you talk about the cigar, talk about, it's always been great. And I, I said something earlier in that smoking a cigar at this place is like buying a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Right? And, and I've never been here before. Yep. This we is didn't my know first we were time. Yeah. I go in a humidor, I go to the bar, I come out here on the patio. Yep. I see a friendly face, and I'm like, hey, can I sit here? And he's like, yeah, yeah knock yourself out. Yeah. And then Joel sits, and we've, we've got new friends yeah. that where else in the world would you be able to walk into a place and automatically be like, yeah. You know, I watched something. I, I read something, actually, about um, a group of female executives, and they would get together, and you know what they would do? They would have tea. And you know why they would have tea? Because you cannot gulp tea. Because right? it's hot. Because it's hot, right? And so it forced everyone to sit and talk, you know, and converse over tea. I think cigars are the same thing oh, for I, men. Oh, 100%. Right? We sit down and we talk and we, we, we network and share ideas. It's been great. I love it. Now, and, I, and I didn't go into it loving cigars. I'm like, you know, my, my buddy introduced me and, you know, it's been all downhill from there. So for me, the way I started was I grew up in West Texas and I ended up moving from West Texas to Houston mm -hmm. and I grew up in Lubbock. So all my friends, family were still in Lubbock. But this I, is a great cigar, by the way. I knew you would like it. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Yes. I, you know, you pick someone a cigar and you hope that they love it. And if they don't, you kind of feel bad that you but gave them that cigar. No, but you're not shoving your opinion in your, you asked me what I liked and you said, you know what? Try this. Well, I saw right. you smoking yes. the LFD chapter I too. So I, I knew you. you were not like frail. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I knew fair you enough. could handle it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. And, but I get another badge on my shoulder. Here. Right. <laughs> Two let years me, in. Let me tell you something. Two years in, you were so far ahead of so many people I know at that stage. And so what that tells me is, one, you have good friends that smoke cigars, and they've had a lot of experience. And two, you're at a badass lounge, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, they've been good here. I, I honestly, like, they've taken care of me. And, and in their minds, because they don't write it down, they're like, Last time I suggested this, you didn't like it. Therefore, oh, really? I want to say, oh, oh, so yeah. They, they they're not writing it down. No, they know. No, they know. That is impressive. I'm like Javier, who's who's normally here. I'm like, hey, last time. Oh, I met Javier. He oh, was yeah, here yeah, with us. He it's like, hey, the last time, actually, Javier bought me a cigar the last time, and he goes, I think you're gonna love this cigar, and it was my father's, you know, and it was. Remember which one? Um, um. Gusto, um, I can't, I can't, I can't remember. So right? I, I, I'm a fan of my father's overall. Yes. 
If you haven't tried the Grand, what was it? Let me back up. La Grande Oferte? No. That. that. Yeah. Okay, so it's the one with a kind of a light blue ribbon on the foot. Okay. Phenomenal cigar. So, and again, he, he, he has been, you know, suggesting cigars over time. And he's like, you typically like this. And I'm like, okay. Nice. Now, yes, I am com- somewhat of a regular here, but it allows me the freedom, right, to, to try new things. And I'd like it or don't like it. And, and it's no skin off their back. They're like, all right, you know, we're honing in on what it is that you like. And once we find that, then we're still going to suggest some other things, right? To because introduce it's a journey. Things, to it's introduce a journey. things into your taste pool because, you know, there are going to be new cigars that are put out there over time. And they're like, hey, this fits what I know that you typically like. And that's been very helpful here. Now, you know, it's taken over, has eliminated the intimidation factor of like, this place here is not really like that. Like, we welcome new people all the time. Well, that's what I was going to say yeah. is I just said earlier, you are so spoiled. Yeah. But what I will say on top of that is I feel like I'm being spoiled the whole time I'm here. <laughs> that is hats off to yeah. cutters. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now, now, have you been to very many other cigar I lounge? Have, not, well, have you been, been to, to any? I've been to one other, right? Uh, maybe one or two other. And how that compare? Is not the same. Either they're focused on food and, oh, yeah, by the way, we have cigars. Now, or, see, yeah. that's not, that's not for a, me. Yeah. And I'm not usually a fan of cigar lounges that are also a bar. Right. Like at our lounge, we don't have a bar. But you, as a member, we hang out in the lounge area for the back that's for members. Right. And so we're allowed to bring our own. But... Usually, the cigar shops I've been to that are also a bar, right? it loses the cigar lounge feel. Fair enough. They yeah. have maintained. They've maintained, yeah. You are coming to a cigar bar that happens oh, to yeah, sell by the bourbon. way, By the way, we happen to have a bar as well, which has been great because it's more about pairing cigars with a drink choice versus the other way around. Yeah, and, right? and they have a great selection behind they the do. bar. Yep. Like, I was impressed with their humidor. And that was something else I was going to say is I love how neat they keep it. Like our lounge, yeah, it is so neat and proper the way it should be that it it just increases the value of the experience. Yeah. If I go in and there's cigars just scattered everywhere and it's dishuffled, I'm like, you I haven't had care. that experience yet. So I hear it. I would probably walk out because it's like, hey, this is too confusing for me. It's okay. too much. There's a lounge that I love the people there. Yep. I love the people. But you walk in the humidor. There's boxes of cigars yeah. on the floor. Oh, yeah. All the cigar boxes on the shelves are closed. Right. So you have to you pull the box oh, yeah, out, yeah, yeah. open it up, and then go, oh, no, I don't want that. Put it back. And I mean, it's like, I don't want to go in there oh, and yeah, do no, that no, no, no. all. No. And you can't find anything. Plus, these guys are very knowledgeable. I'll give them that. Like, oh. I'll ask a question, and they go right over my head. I'm like, that's okay. You know? Hey, yeah, the, as long as I know that my humidor guy. The, t- you know, the tobacconist uh, yeah. that has two years experience there, yeah. blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, you're good. <laughs> you are really good. And yeah. I, now, I have that same benefit at my home shop. Right. But 
I've been to, I don't even know how many oh, shops, yeah. and there's a shop in the Dallas area, and I'm not going to name their name, okay. which is unusual because usually I'm a dick like that. <laughs> but I walked, well, first of all, a friend of mine who's not really a cigar smoker started listening to the show. And after he heard so much of us talking about the camaraderie and the community, he was like, I'm going to try this. So he goes to his shop and he emails me one day and he's like, dude, I didn't get that at all. They were no help to me. They were rude. And I was like, but I know you. Well, I was like, I know you and you're kind of a dick. So maybe it's your fault. (laughs) So I met him at that lounge and I walked in and I was like, nope, they are not customer friendly unless you are a regular. And I'm like, that is not how you run a lounge. Right. It was very disappointing. No, I I mean, and it turns you off from from being uh, a regular, turns you off from, from learning. Right. It's just. That's a bad experience. It hasn't been mine. Oh, and yeah. that's great. Yeah. I mean, that, and I'll say this. I haven't been to very many shops that are like that. Right. Most shops are all about the Which consumer. Cool because this has been a great experience being here, you know, and also it, it hasn't been a, oh, yeah, by the way, I'll smoke a cigar. Now I'm actually enjoying the cigar. And I'm like, I'm going to have a cigar whether I have friends here or not. But at the same time, it's because... This is such a great environment for me to sit and relax, enjoy the cigar. And I might say, I don't like this one. Let's try something else. Okay. Right? But it's a good experience. And, and you know, no longer, like I said earlier, it's not just, you know, like burning tobacco leaves. Like every cigar has its own characteristics. I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of nice. And paired with and, – and so when we were talking about the fact that this has a bar – I'm slowly getting into um, pairing of cigars as well, right? I did a cigar tasting, a bourbon tasting, and everyone was smoking cigars, and it's like, hey, this bourbon with this cigar, try it. And I'm like, oh, okay. So i got to ask you, though, What's that? were you a bourbon drinker before cigars? Uh, I was not. It probably happened at the same time, both of them. Now, right? was it at together? Yeah. Okay. I, now, now, I would say that I have an appreciation for what I like and what I dislike in bourbons, that was very quick, you know, you know, versus, I mean, in, in analyzing what my likes and dislikes were. It's a lot easier than cigars. It's a lot easier. Yes. Because there's so many different blends of cigars and bourbons kind of fall into like three categories. So once you find what you like, it's easy to steer towards what you you like. See, I didn't drink bourbon before I smoked cigars. Yeah. I didn't drink coffee. Before I smoke cigars. Oh, really? I am finding, and this is new for me, like a cappuccino with a cigar. Oh, I love oh, cappuccino. Nice. I didn't even know they had cappuccino. They so after Absolutely. this drink, I'm going to have a cappuccino. <laughs> yes, they have cappuccinos here. And that's been nice, too. Where it's like, hey, I don't have to have necessarily a drink. Man, this is nice with a nice cigar. You know, this cappuccino, which I enjoy. Yeah, and so, so this environment allows us to have that experience here, which has been cool. And let me kind of, well, first of all, I forgot. I didn't tell everybody what I'm smoking. I'm smoking the Aladino Corojo Reserva, which is basically my favorite Aladino. And do you know who Aladino is? No, no, no. Educate me. So Aladino came about because you know who Camacho is. Yep. Well, years ago, Camacho was bought out by Davidoff. Okay. 
And it was Christian Aurora that was the owner of Camacho. So when he sold it, Davidoff took over the Camacho line and he started his own. Well, he has a brother yeah. named Justo and Justo started his own line. Okay. So if I saw them in there. They have the uh, Asylum. I yes. don't know if you smoked one of those. I've but seen that. I have not smoked it. So that's Christian Aurora. Okay. Well, his brother started Aladino, and I can't prove this fact unknown, but his dad, which is an amazing story in itself, his dad is over 80 years old. Mm -hmm. His dad was brought up in Cuba. He escaped Cuba, came to America, went and served in the war, became a pilot, and then after the war, he was flying some people somewhere, and they crashed, and everybody was fine except for him, and he was paralyzed from the waist down. Mm -hmm. To this day, at 80-something years old, he is in the fields checking the plants, checking the factory rollers. I mean, like, he is meticulous. And so, to me, that blows me away. The story is important. I mean, and quality and consistency is huge. And when you're 80-something and you care so much about your product that, like, before he had, like, this electric scooter thing, Mm -hmm. he was actually in the field on, like, these these handcrafted crutches because he wanted to be out there. there, That was in his blood. Yeah. And so I love his cigars. And so I say that the dad, he blends and creates the tobacco for both brothers. Yeah. But they don't tell you that. Yeah. But I know they're all getting their tobacco from of course, him. Of course. I mean, it is what why it is. Would, why would you not? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that family has the heritage and the experience and I love the story. And that's one of the things I love about the cigar industry is when you get to talk to people like that. And I've had the honor because of the show to interview like guys I never thought I would be able to talk to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was on another show as a guest probably six, eight weeks ago. And the other guest on the show was Carlito Fuente. Mm-hmm. Carlito Fuente sent me a 20 cigar sampler with all of the most difficult cigars to get that he makes. And I was just like, how awesome is that? That because I'm going to tell you right now and all the listeners already know I'm nobody like I am nobody special. Like, I don't even know why. And you may not know this by listening, but. I grew up with a speech impediment. Mm -hmm. So to be a talk show host (laughs) is ridiculous. You never know it. Well, right. But but it's because I've never been afraid. I've never let anything that was maybe what some people would consider a shortcoming to hold me back. Of course. I'm always like, I can do that. Yeah. I'll do that. You know, even if I suck, if I want to do it, I'm I'm going to do do it. it. And so all of my experience in the cigar industry has led me to where I am now, where I've got to talk to people with experience that just blows my mind. And so I'm very thankful and humbled by that. I'm in Atlanta right now because shops wanted me to come out here for an event. And I'm like, when I got the call, I was like, 
You want me to come out? I mean, are you, I guess the Barman Bailey Circus was not available, but... I got to interrupt you. I'm smoking this cigar, and I got to tell you... You got to pull the band I, off. I'm about to. All right. I'm about to. But, but I think I judge a cigar, but right now I'm sitting here going, man, this is almost to the band, and... I'm going to hold this by my fingertips to finish it because it's so good. You know what like, I call that? There's certain cigars where it's like two inches. Ah, You're I'm done. done I'm You're done. done. I'm done. I'm like, you know what? I got to take the band off now to get the and last. And he already inch. has the band all the way up to where I know when he's puffing, he's yeah. got part of the band on his lips. Absolutely. Close to it. Yeah, absolutely. I so al- this is a good cigar. A good experience. I always say for me. The best cigars are the cigars that are so good that I smoke them down to the very down to the nubs. very down. And yeah. I'm like, when I feel like I'm going to be sad that it's over, I know that was That good. was a good cigar. Exactly. I'm sitting here going, man, you can't see me. But I'm like, I'm pinching the cigar to finish it up. He's got like, about an inch and a quarter <laughs> left. And it is one of those cigars for me that. I, I mean, refuse to <sighs> use the pokers, by the way. I'm not there yet. No. I don't. I don't no, do pokers. Yeah, I, no, I, yeah. You know what? If you use one, lights out, knockout for yeah, you. Still, yeah, you enjoy yeah. it. You be you. Yep. But for me, I'm going to smoke it down to where I cannot hold it any You're longer. Burning your fingers, and I'm done. There you go. Done. Yeah. Now, have you seen, like, if a cigar you cut it and you do you use a cold draw? No. Okay. So for me, as soon as I cut it before I yep. light it, I do a cold draw. Because I want to know if I'm going to enjoy smoking it. If it's plugged, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay, I'm okay. done. For me, I, I don't s- need I to light it. it. I smell it for first. Oh, right. I'm like, man, let me let me take in the smell of the cigar. First. Now I do that in let the humidor. Do- like okay. when I pick out a cigar, I'm like, oh. well, I don't do that because I don't want other people <laughs> sniffing my cigar and putting it back. Now, but I hear <laughs> once you pick it up, yeah, it's yours. Yeah, yeah. But I I love to get that aroma. And I'm like, yeah, I want to smoke this. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't use. Kind of, it's like a preamble. That, oh, yeah. They'll do that to open it up. They say, you know, and I've heard. Okay. Same I've never with, done that. Same with water in the bourbon. I'm not uh, going to skew my cigar, and I'm not going to put water in my bourbon. Okay. I want to experience what the blender wanted me wanted to experience. You to, yeah, okay. And if he wanted me to experience a bourbon with three drops of water in it, he would have put that in yeah. there. That's just me. That's a perspective. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Some people say that maybe I'm a cigar snob or a bourbon snob, and I don't see it that way. I would like to consider myself a purist. Yeah. I want the purest experience that you, as a blender or distiller yeah. or whatever you call yourself, to experience. I've only, like, in my two years, I've had some cigars unravel on me. And and buddy of mine, he's like, send that back. I'm like, okay, right? So Now, now do you, can you all do that? Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. If, if a cigar unravels, the it's shop's really bad. Like, yeah, we're yeah. just, yeah. They, I mean, they take care of people here, for sure, right? right? But I've got other people around me. They're like, yeah, that's not a cigar. It should not do that. You should not have a boat that should be burning easily, you know, like, like, should be a nice burn. There's something wrong with the humidor or how they've done whatever, right? And they take care of people here. Yeah. So, you know. So, I've had some cigars that literally look like the cartoons back in our youth <laughs> yeah. where the cigar had a, like a bomb in I'll it and it, it exploded. <laughs> exploded at the end. I saw that earlier today, really, really not. 
And you know what I've done? What's that? If it's a really good cigar, to learn something here. I yep. smoke it anyway. Oh, I yeah. will smoke it all the way down. I've had that. I've had yep. a, and I don't smoke a lot of Davidoff, but I really enjoy the Oscuro and the Nicaraguan series. And I had an Is Oscuro. Is that really peppery? No, no. What'd you call it? Really? No, okay. No. All right. I, I've never had a Davidoff that's peppery or very strong. Okay, and I may be using the wrong term. That's no, no, no. That's the neophyte in me, right? If you smoke a AJ Fernandez, yeah. you're going to get pepper. Like that is like a signature of AJ Fernandez. Which I don't know if you know much about AJ Fernandez, but AJ Fernandez is probably the number one blender in the world. Okay, he's in Nicaragua down in Esteli, and he has blend. Now he blends his own cigars, okay. AJ Fernandez. And every, I won't say every cigar company, but all the big companies have a special edition cigar that he blended for them because he's that good. He's that good. Like he is up there with uh, the Fuente grandfather. Like he dreams about that stuff, you know? And so when I smoke his cigars, you're always going to get a little bit or a lot of black pepper. Got it. And on occasion, I really like that. Yeah. On occasion, I don't want that. Right. So, like where I am as a cigar smoker, it's all about my mood. Yes. Oh, that's what I was talking about, right? It, some days I'm like, you know what? I think I'll want just a mild cigar. But some days I'm like, no, I want a cigar... I. It's full-bodied, but not that's going to burn. A little more mellow. Right. There's a, little, a mellow full-body. That's a nice... And yes. That's pretty close to that. Yeah, that's that. That right? is a full-body yeah. cigar, but it doesn't kick your ass. Exactly. And one of the yeah. reasons, though, is because of that size. Yeah. Like, if you smoke that in a six-inch, there's a good chance when you got to the last third of that six-inch, yeah. it would be kicking your ass. Got it. I smoked a Padron 1926 uh, 45th anniversary probably six weeks ago. Okay. And I hadn't had one of those in a long time. It's a pricey cigar, and I don't smoke a lot of really pricey cigars. Gotcha. And anyway, every once in a while I feel like, you know what? I deserve that. You know what I mean? <laughs> you deserve yes, good. Yes. I have a cigar that's just that same you, way. Right. People talk about it, but I'm like, I enjoy this cigar. There. Isn't it yeah. nice to treat yourself it with is. something like that yeah. that you know is going to give you that experience? Yep. Consistency. That's oh, key, consistency right? is amazing. Yeah, consistency is, is huge for me. But yeah. I was smoking that cigar, and when I got down to the final third, like, have you ever got the cold sweat? No. Oh, you haven't? From a cigar? No. So when it has so much nicotine in it, yeah. and you haven't eaten... You know, it'll give you that little bit of, like, dizzy feeling almost. And it's like, when I experienced it, I was like, whoa, (laughs) I have not experienced this in years. (laughs) Now, if you do have that happen, the fix is take just a little bit of sugar, put it under your tongue, it's gone. Really? And the cigar shop owner was like, hey, would you? you want me to get you some sugar? You want some water? And I was like, no, I actually want to experience this 
the full ride. The full ride. <laughs> and after about 15 minutes. Note to self, carry around a packet of, of sugar. <laughs> well, a lot of lounges will have. Really? That's the first I've heard of that. He doesn't actually carry sugar. Yeah. But he carries these little suckers. Okay. You just put the sucker in your mouth, put it on yeah. your tongue, and within like a minute, you'll feel fine. Really? But I was like, no, nah, I don't want that. I want to experience this because it's been so long. Because it is part of the experience. Well, for neophytes such as myself, I've had a few two-cigar, you know, like instances, sittings, right, where I've had to pair the cigars, right? I've had this one. Now to what do I want as my second one, right? I know we talked about eight cigars a day, but for me, two is the most that I've ever had. And it's kind of like, all right, I'll gauge what that second cigar is based off of what bourbon that I've had, what coffee I've had. You know, prior. So you're having a second cigar right now. I'm having a second so cigar. So that's a, that's yeah, a, all right. It's a second, but it's not a huge one, right? So I wasn't, you know, like turned off by that. It's perfect, right? It's perfect for our little call here, for sure. When you smoke a cigar and call it perfect, that's a good day. <laughs> no, I'll look and go, hey, I'm saving that wrapper. That was a good cigar. And, and you told me earlier, yeah. you're 50. Yep, 50. So you started when you were 48. Yep. I'm trying to remember... I think I started when I was about 40. No, I was about 38. Okay. I'm 53 now, so what, 15 years? Okay. And so I am amazed at where you are for two years in. <laughs> like, I, I'm i like, dude, you, hey, you're I, bypassing I, all the pitfalls. Well, the problem is, is that, again, I can't appreciate the bad stuff, right? So I only go for... What's considered the good stuff. And right? and so, I mean, you don't even know what you've bypassed. Yes. There's a lot of bad cigars out there. But yeah, you know what I noticed are. is the humidor here mm-hmm. doesn't carry any bad cigars really? that okay. I steer clear of. Right. Except for, like, the Drew Estate flavored cigars. But I, those aren't bad cigars. Yeah. They're just not for me. And there's, there's still quality tobacco. Right. And there's some bad cigars, just like bad cars and so forth, where where the standard is, hey, you're below that line, right? But in general, I, I've always stayed above that line, apparently. Right? And I've had great experiences. I've dabbled into, you know, like, hey, let me try that because it has a cool wrapper. Mm, yeah, no, that was, a, that was a fail. That was a bad scratch off, right? It it's happens. Like, let me try it again. Right? And I'll tell you this. If you smoke a cigar... That you were like, you know, it's really not that good. If you circle back around to that cigar in six months, you might really like it. Because here's the thing. Where you are right now with your palate, that's not where you're going to be a year from now. Well, does the palate change seasonally? Yes. Well, I I hate to say seasonally, but it it is a learning curve. Okay. Oh, absolutely. You know what I, I mean? Yes, what absolutely. you like today. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if I go back, there's cigars I smoked 10 years ago that I'm yeah. like, I would never smoke right. that again. Right. My buddies, they started me off where they're like, hey, you're not ready for that yet. I'm like, ah, whatever. Right. But they started me off slowly. Right. And progressed to the point where there's not a cigar that I could go in there and someone recommend that's too bold. Right. It's more of a, hey, do I appreciate the boldness of that cigar? Yes or no. Right, and move on, right? 
But and, if and, and it, I'm but, still at that point, even yeah. even as far as I am, yeah. if it's super bold, yeah, it might be too bold for me, right? Because over the years, I've pulled back from I, I maybe smoke five, six bold cigars in a week, right? So at eight a day, that's not even one that's a day. Not, yeah, it's a small percentage of the overall. And there's days where I'm like. Man, you know what? I want a bold cigar. Yeah. And I'll go buy a Libijou 1922 from my father's, or I'll go buy a Partagas Black. That's what it was, a Libijou. Is the oh, one you that, had that one? Yes. So they they started you right out the yes. gate with the upper yeah. echelon. Yeah, he, he, he the um, tobacconist is, is what you called him? Yeah, so he came out. He's like, hey, I want you to smoke this. I think you'll enjoy and it. And what would you think? Right, Loved it. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. So where I am on that cigar, yeah. I love that cigar. That was a good cigar. But at our shop, yeah. they carry the Petite Corona, yeah. which is only about that long. Right. And I'm showing him about four inches. Yeah. And it's like, it's strong, it's bold, but when it's just this long, yeah. it doesn't take me to the, the level right to where I'm like, oh, yeah. that's heavy. Yeah. I... Just like that stick. Yep. I I really like shorter sticks. Still, I'm looking at that. It's probably one inch long. And I'm like, mm, I can get a little bit more yeah, I can get a little more I get a little more. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's funny is I'm smoking this Corojo. I'm not even a halfway in. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I have had to relight it like five or six times. But yeah. mainly because I talk a lot when I'm doing the show. Fair enough. And so I'm not smoking it on my regular right. pace. Now... How did you learn, like, how often that you should take a puff? Oh, my buddy will look at me and be like, take a couple puffs. Of nice. She's like, you need to, like, blow on it. Like, yeah, like if you don't let it out, go yeah. out and it's yeah. almost about yeah. to go out, that's perfect. Yeah. When I first started, oh, yeah. I was a fast smoker. I'd be like, puff, puff, puff. But I smoked cigarettes for 24 years yeah. back in my youth. And then I quit all tobacco for about 12 years. Yeah. And then when I started smoking cigars, I went back to that cigarette puff, puff, puff. Yeah. And over time, I've slowed down. I am definitely, I've slowed down. At the same time, I can look at it and, and, and decide, hey, you need to blow through that a little bit or puff through it. Like, I've gotten my own little pattern now where and I can look and, at it. And, 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 and you're guys, aware of it. I'm aware of it. And yep. when, when you're aware of it, it, it just makes the experience that much more better. Like back in the day, I might be looking at this and going, yeah, I need to hit it with the lighter. Nope, it's still lit. Now, have you it's still lit. Have, yep. you, have you ever tried to light a cigar that short? It's no, dangerous. Because, yeah. It's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lose an eyebrow. Yeah, I've lost mustache <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I hate trying to relight one because oh, you got to keep smoking it. So you don't have so you to don't, like yes. that again. Because when yeah, you're so down there, if it goes out, you're done. You're done. Yeah, no, no. Understood. Game over yeah. and you're done. I've been cheating. While you're talking, I'm puffing. So yeah. off of the subject of cigars, because, you know, really for me, the whole experience comes down to the cigar community. Yes. Because without the cigar community, I don't know that I would even be smoking cigars. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. I don't smoke. The, I have them at home, but I don't smoke at home, right? I come here, I'll have a cigar, might have two, and then I'm back, right? So 
it, it is an outlet for me for sure. Right. And it's something that I enjoy. It's not forced. Right. But at home, it's just me. And I'm like, you know what? This is part of an experience for me. Right. Right. So it's the camaraderie. It's all of that. Right. And I've met awesome people here, you know, sometimes every week, sometimes once every six months. Always a great experience. Right. And that. And so this represents an experience for me versus, you know, hey, I got to, you know, it's not an addiction. Right. Just smoking to get through something. Yeah. So, like, for me, some people would say it is an addiction because I smoke so many. But there is days, depending on what I have going on in my work life, where I won't smoke for two or three days. And it doesn't bother me at all. And then the fourth day when I can smoke again, I go right back to eight cigars a day. It's it's like... And it's so different than like cigarettes. Did you ever smoke cigarettes? Because nope. you don't look like no, a cigarette no, smoker. You're yet. way more classier <laughs> than me. So, like smoking cigarettes, I used to smoke three packs a day. Wow. And it was an addiction. Right. It took anything me, that much. It you know, took like, me 24 years to quit. Yeah. And I tried many times. Yeah. And then finally I gave it up and I really thought. I'll never smoke again, and I never even thought about cigars because, you know, I never smoked cigars as a kid. Right, right. And so when I came upon cigars and I realized you didn't inhale, I was like, I can do that. Because when you smoke twenty or for 24 years and you're smoking three packs a day, I could get up from here and walk out to the car, and I'd be tired. Right. I literally would be... <sighs> Breathing heavy. Yeah. I go see my doctor now, and he will tell me. He knows I do a show for cigars, and he'll tell me. He says, just because I have to, I got to tell you, you should quit smoking. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. I said, but you listen to my lungs and tell me they sound like a, a smoker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he listens. He's like, nope, you sound good. Yeah. And then he says, so any new cigars I should check out? <laughs> I, it's funny because my optometrist, same thing. He's like, oh, I enjoy cigars. You know, let's get together, blah, blah, blah. And I went, oh, okay. All right. And I mean, dude, the amount of connections you get from cigars. Yeah. The the benefit, you know, far outweighs, you know, the negativity, you know, they, that people say about cigars. So, so yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard this, What's but that? the FDA did a study on cigars, Mm -hmm. and their findings were this. If you smoke two cigars a day or less, it increases your chances of getting cancer by Neil. All right. And I'm like, I thought that already, but I'm an optimist. I'm a very positive. Your lungs regenerate. That's what I keep telling myself, right? And so you're not not inhaling and doing all that. So, you know, I'm okay with that. Your palate replaces its tasting buds yep. every five to seven days. Not surprising. You get new buds Not at surprising. least every five to seven days. And Not so surprising. it's an ever-changing. So your palate doesn't stay yes. the same, though. Not the same. Yeah. Because when you grow them back, they're not exactly like they were. Right. And then your experience with that creates an experience in itself yeah so today you might enjoy something you know and you know two weeks from now or a month from now all of a sudden you're like yeah i don't think i like that so much exactly anymore 
So and, and the beauty is in cigars, you know, you can move on. You know? Oh, yeah, because there's a, yeah. a million more of that course. will take the place of I what I think you I've, I've pulled from eight or ten boxes in that humidor. There are a lot more than eight or ten cigars that are there, right? I'm going to guess that humidor is probably about a 15 by 30. Okay. Pretty good size. Okay. I mean, I've, I've been in the shops to where the humidor was 10 by 8. Got it. Or I've actually been to some that was like 5 by 6. I mean, it's small. Yeah, it's small. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? They had a good selection for that size. Yep. And the lounge was exceptional. Yeah. Like What you'll find, and you didn't experience it here today, but a lot of people, especially during this time and age, we come here and we work during the day. Right, so this is a destination for you know people that work at home. They'll come here, and smoke cigars, and work all day. So right. back to something you said earlier, and we we discussed it, but the Was it camaraderie, profound? the camaraderie, <laughs> yeah, which you love, which I think all of us do. It's not just that you come up here to work, yep. so you're not really being overly sociable, no. but it's also very relaxing. It is. While you do your work. While you do your work, yep. And so, I, I when I work, I'm smoking. Gotcha. When I drive, I'm smoking. You'll find that here all the time. There will be people, people that come here, work for two hours, and then leave. Yeah. You know, but I, they're here every day. I go right? to, in my backpack, I have a laptop that's ready to fire up and <laughs> go to work. Yep. Because... You, I assume, like you, you always have to be available to do the job. Of course. And I, so... I came here with a briefcase full of a computer and, and all the accoutrements to work on a Saturday. Uh, that that bag has not been opened the entire time of, uh, I've been here, right? So, you know, I've just decided, hey, you know what? This is better. I'm enjoying the time this year, right? And that's what cigars do for me. So, this is a point where we're going to steer away from the actual cigar experience and because i believe that the most important part of all of the cigars is the community agreed and so i like to find out about the people i smoke with because that's where the joy is absolutely and you're a world traveler we talked about that a few places yeah you've been a few (laughs) places you've been a lot of places been a few places yes so when did you start traveling outside of the United States? At what age? Uh, 17. Wow. Yeah, 16 or 17 was the first and time I left. where did you go? First place, Canada. Okay, well, you know what? That, I'm half Canadian. There you go. I'm half Canadian. I, my mother is from Alberta. Okay. And my grandfather is from Texas. Yep. And so he went up there, met a woman, and they had a kid. And then like a year later, they moved to Texas. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a big fan of Canada, of course. Uh, where did you go? I went, I was Niagara Falls, right? So oh, wow. This is the first little. I've never been no, there. Listen, Buffalo, New York, coldest place I've ever been in my life. And I've been a lot of cold places. But, you know, like the mist coming off the falls and all of that, it was just What too time cold of year me. were you there? Uh, it was wintertime for okay. sure. You know, for sure, right? And I'm not but, a fan of the north at all in the winter. I love it because you can always put clothes on, right? Being from the South, and I'm from Alabama originally, you know, it gets to a point where you just want to lay naked underneath an air conditioner, right? Where it's just too hot, right? 
But you can always put clothes on, right? You know, I went up to <laughs> Nebraska about three years ago. Yep. And the entire week I was there, the warmest it got was negative one. That was the yeah. warmest. Yeah, that that's that's insane. That was that's not insanity. fun. No, that's I, not I was fun. like, you know what? I didn't put on more clothes. I never got out of the vehicle. <laughs> I had the heater blasting. Yep. I'm smoking cigars. Yep. And I'm like, I'm not going out there. Yeah. I'm a big snowboarder. So that was Oh, my are big, you really? That was my big thing. Wow. So. How'd you oh, get yeah. into that being from Alabama? That's all not that, a lot of that's snow. The, yeah, there's not a lot of snow there, right? <laughs> so uh but no. So I it was just I tried skiing. It was horrible. That was in Italy, right? It was horrible. Oh, like, Italy. I'm like, you I will never. skiing for the first time uh, in Italy. Yes, in Italy. First time. And I went, you know what? Never doing that again. Had bad accidents. And so um, I had another opportunity to go, you know, snow sport, you know, do, do some kind of snow sports. And I could do skiing or I could do snowboarding. And I'm like, nope, never going to ski again. And I went snowboarding, and, and it was you love awesome. It? Loved it absolutely. There's a shirt that I have that says um, "Skiing makes me bored." Right? Love snowboarding. Absolutely phenomenal. But so yeah. I snow skied. Yeah. And whenever I was in my youth, snowboarding hadn't come around yet. Oh, of course, yeah. And so my experience skiing was just tragedy. I was horrible. I didn't join the club. I, I remember we were up in uh, Wolf Creek up in Colorado. Yes, been there. Oh, great place. Yeah, been there. Yeah. But we're coming down, and you get to this part, like, where the forest is. And, you know, so you're going down this way. And I'm like, hey, let's cut through the trees. And my buddy's like, nah, I'm going to stick to the trail. <laughs> and so I ski out of bounds, basically. Right. Right. And so I come up and I'm looking and you're going down. Right. And then it goes back up. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to ski down and go up. And then what happened was I skied down and I got to the bottom and I just no momentum. No momentum. And, yeah. I, and I was like. Yeah. This deep in snow. Right. And I could hear something. I'm stuck. And I'm out of bounds. There's no people yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm listening. And I hear something. And I'm like, I hear water. I am on top of a creek. Yeah. And I can hear the water running below underneath me. You, underneath you. Yeah. yeah. And so I start calling out to my friend. He comes over. He finds me because I don't come out. And while I'm in all this snow, I, like, start trying to move. Yeah. And about a 25-foot circle of snow drops about six feet. Yeah. And I'm in that That's six actually feet. scary. It, that's, I, that's I was actually freaking scary. out. I was yeah. like, are you leaving? Yeah. Oh, bro. Nice meeting you, man. Good meeting you, man. Take care. So, yeah, when, that when the snow dropped. I was yeah. like, I could be in trouble here. And so my buddy comes down, and we work for like an hour trying to get me free. Let me tell you. But he doesn't want to get stuck like me. Right. That makes you tired very quickly. Oh, the more using, it's like quicksand. It's quicksand. You're using all your body strength. I had that happen to me once where I ended up in a tree well, and I don't think I've ever been that tired in my life. But – I watched a, a video or something um, maybe two weeks prior, and they were telling you how to get out of it. And I went, oh, 
Well, luckily, I watched that video. How'd you get man, out of it? You use your board, and unlike skis, you you plop it down and you pull yourself up. Pop it down and so you you're pull yourself. At you you yeah, like a blade. Yeah, exactly. And let me tell you, even though you had that, man, that's that's the most tired I think I've ever been in my life getting out of that tree wall. But people die. Oh, I, people I, I, die in tree wells. I, I was know? very conscious that I was in a bad situation. Yeah. <laughs> and Tim, my best friend for 38 years, he's a great skier. Yeah. Even at 54, he still skis on a regular basis. Right. And he had gotten close to me where he could stick out his pole. Yeah. And you guys have poles. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I could put my pole. And he would almost hook it together yeah. almost, and he would pull. And you get two inches. And that was and you, it. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Until and so the next try. After yeah. an hour, he was like, dude, I got to go get help. Yeah. And I was like, now that's going to suck yeah. because everybody's going to know I was down here. <laughs> so he went and got a ski patrol. Dude, they showed up and within like 10 minutes had me out. Had you out. Those guys are really good. So. You know, I'm not telling you the whole story, but I ended up being skied off the mountain in Italy, right? And man, those guys are awesome. You know, Good. They, they're, they're they blew awesome. me away. Yeah, they had me down, hooked me to a four wheeler, and dragged me through the town. You know, to the doctor, and yeah, yeah. Long story short, you know, I'm like, I'll never do that again, right? But snowboarding, oh, off piste. You know, like any, you know, like. I'll go anywhere on a snowboard. Really? Oh, yeah. So oh, no yeah. matter the difficulty, you're good to go. Nope. And in, in, in actuality, um, the steeper, the easier it is to snowboard. Because I was teaching my nephews how to snowboard. And I'm like, hey, we got to go up. You know, we can't hang down in these greens. Trust me. If we go up to the blue, it's easier. Right? Because you have more of a slope and it's just it's just easier. Snowboarding. And it, and it may be a psychological thing. I strap in and I'm good to go. But skiing, I was always, I had this fear that my knees were going to come apart, you know, and I was going to do this big split and I'm going to bust up my knees and all of that. I'm like, nah, I'll pass. Wow. But snowboarding, once I caught that bug, I was, you know, like that was it. So and I've been all over. We used to go when we were young. I yep. mean, teenagers. Yeah. And I was not a good skier at all. But what I love to do is we would get on the really good blue slopes. Yep. And I didn't go back and forth. I just stay oh straight stay down. <laughs> and I, when you get to the bottom, the ski patrols would be like, slow down. <laughs> and I would just be like, Vroom. oh, we hated you skiers, right? We're like, hey, you know, you're, you're going left. And then all of a sudden you go right. I'm like, no. Pick a path and keep it. Yeah. You know, so you're a little different than the average skier, for sure. Yeah, I I, I couldn't do the turning as yeah, much, yeah. so I just was like, and I would be wearing headphones, and I don't know if you know who oh, this yeah, was, yeah. but Joe Satriani. Do you know who Joe that is? Joe Satriani. Come on, the silver surfing surfer. Surfing with the aliens. Yeah, surfing with oh, the aliens. Are dude. you kidding me? Yes. If you're listening to that and you're doing about 40 miles an hour, it is just amazing. I, I was teaching a couple people to snowboard and didn't realize – Man, when you really pay attention, you know, like you've got a workout from the top to, down to the bottom. I mean, now they've got all the the watches that can you know like record your heart rate and all that. But you had no idea how much work you were doing. Oh. You were having so much fun. Hey, I, I plug in my playlist, turn it on. You don't even then, know you're working and then out. Boom, just go. Yeah, right? absolutely. Joe Satriani, of course I do. Yes. Now at fifty three. Yes. 
I would be scared to go ski. Uh, you know, hey, because at a one, younger age, I was scared. So I hear you. But at fifty three, like I don't know how much you work out. Yeah. But I don't. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm married 27 years. I don't need to work out. But, like, my buddy still goes. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I would be so exhausted. Yeah. Because there was nothing more. When you got done skiing for the day, yeah. you slept like a baby. Oh, no. You did. You do snowboarding. But it's different. It's not right? as exhausting. It's, it's, it's different. Yeah, it's not as exhausting. And you're not walking through the town in these ski boots oh. and an ink, I, you know, hey, I'd unstrap and then walk around just fine. So, so what yeah. mountains did you go skiing in, oh. in Italy? Um, Cormayeur is a small town in between Italy and France. And so that was a, I mean, you could literally ski from Italy into France. Kind wow. of thing. It was really cool in the Alps. You know. So how long were you in Italy? Oh, I was only there for two weeks. Actually. Okay. How was, yeah, was that there. experience so with the culture? Oh, absolutely phenomenal. Italians are just so welcoming, right? And the food was so great. Great experience. Yeah. Love Italy. And I've been there a few times, right? Always inviting. Every so time. While you were over there, I mean, I'm sure that people were like, hey, where are you from? Yeah. And so ah. when you said Alabama, no, did they know? No, I, I never shared that. No, oh. I don't Alabama. But but they know you're from the U.S., right? And so, but but again... Very inviting. They want to all always wanted to share their wares. Like I put my heart and soul into this sausage, and I want you to try it. Right? They they were really proud of it. No different than cigars and and bourbons and things. And like was that. it more amazing than what we have? Yes. 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 So so the here, real deal. Yes. Here we're all about convenience. We're all about um, you know, like the amount. Whereas there, they'll like a creme brulee. It can be tiny, but you savor it you know, with, with small spoonfuls. And Here, you're not in a hurry. You're not in a hurry. Here, it's all about, hey, you know, let me give you a whole plate full of creme brulee. And you're like, all right, it was, it's good, but it's not. Like, I can tell that that was not made with vanilla bean. That was made with vanilla extract. Extract, yeah. Very different, right? And People so there, they, they celebrate seasons. Yeah, you know, celebrate the seasonality of foods, and are proud of it once they, you know, like put their heart and soul into that meal and present it to you. Right? Now, how was it as far as like coffee or alcoholic beverages? I mean, because I, I assume they're only on wine. They had grappa, which is basically a hodgepodge of things, right? So, um, again, the the wines. I was a big wine guy, and still am, big wine guy. Phenomenal wines. Right. Was it the best you'd ever had? You know, the experience makes it the best as well. Right. So, so with the whole globalization of our economy, you, know, you can get a lot of the same wines that are there. Right. It's hard. You've got to really search for the local things that, that you can't get here. You know what I mean? And, yeah. but, but the difference is you're not sitting at a cafe. Oh, on yeah. The street. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, hey, you know, you're here. Here's your reservation time, and you're out in an hour. There, you might be there for several hours with friends just sitting and talking. Now, right? on the meal side, yeah. they do meals of, like, courses, don't courses, they? Courses, absolutely. So did you experience that? And that was my experience. The first time that I went there, you know, they're like, hey, we've got your breakfast. It's a three-course meal. 
your lunch, you're on your you're on whoa, your whoa, own. Whoa, back up, back up. Yeah. The breakfast was a three course meal. Breakfast was a three course, right? Wow. Yeah, you know, lunch, you're on your own, but dinner, another three course, right? And they enjoyed it and would stand there and want to make sure that you had, you were enjoying your meal. If not, we're going to do something different. Really? Right? Oh, absolutely. They, they they enjoy their trade, right? And their they're product, very proud of it. And they're very proud of it. Because they right? put so much into it. So it's funny you should say that. The first time I went there, I wanted some cool bottles of wine. And it was all about the label. And the guy, the sommelier that was there, he said, listen drink the wine and take the empty bottles home he's like i want to see you enjoy this wine right i don't want to see you take take home you know full bottles drink the wine take the bottle home i'm like okay yeah and, and they i mean wine is almost like for americans like a soda or like a, a soda exactly yep i mean they drink wine all the time all the time yep and so how does that work though i mean are people like drunk everywhere people aren't, people aren't drinking to get inebriated that's the difference. Again, it's not about the quantity; it's about savoring what you're being given, right? And so that's you have a whole a, different mindset. It's a whole different mindset, right? So you enjoy that glass, and you enjoy the history of it. You know, you, you walked out in the fields, and then you enjoyed the wine. Like right? this taste came from so here. So you got to go out in oh, the absolutely. vineyards. Oh, absolutely! That was Spain as well. You know, like it was big. Uh, have you ever tasted a wine grape? I have not. It is phenomenal. Like the like, like we one, don't get grapes. We like don't that. get grapes like that. Like I stopped on the road in Spain, and my buddy was like, "Hey, we can't stop here." I'm like, "No, no, no. let's just grab a grape." And I grabbed a bunch, and each just each grape was phenomenal. It was like drinking wine in that one grape pod, right? You get the bunch. You could get you the could, flavors. Yes. Unlike the stuff that we get here, we get green. Well, the we stuff we get here, here, I would compare to Welch's grape juice. Exactly. <laughs> if, that, if, if, if that, All right, some of it doesn't really even have the taste of a grape. But there, I was amazed. I'm like, the flavor that's in this grape. Wow. Now, yeah. Speaking yeah. of grapes, yes, you will never find this in Italy. I promise you. But in Texas, and maybe here, I don't know. Have you ever had a cotton candy grape? I've heard of them, but Dude, I have not. Tastes just I've like heard, cotton candy. Just and, like. And, and, and probably the reason I haven't tried it is I'm not a big cotton candy well, fan. I'm not either, yeah. but I mean, I've had to try it. Yeah, and, yeah. But I would imagine that if you gave one of those to somebody in Italy, they would like, be eh, insulted. Yes, insulted. Be like, yeah. That's not yeah, a grape. But the grape, I, I haven't had that experience since then. And, and that was in Spain, not in Italy. But I pulled a grape and went, I am just amazed by the flavor that's in this grape. Like, like, just bottle this up. Don't blend it with other stuff, right? Just give me this grape. This is, the juice is phenomenal. Wow. And so we've lost that here. You, I you don't know. know if we ever had it. I think we did. you did. think we did? I think we did many years ago. And, and again, you go to certain cities, and they enjoy things and prepare food and want you to really enjoy. You go to New Orleans. We talked about that earlier. You know, like New Orleans – yeah, like you can taste the love and the preparation and, and the work that went into things. Go to New York and you go to different neighborhoods. You have, you want Italian food? Go here. And it's phenomenal. You want Indian food? Go here. And people really enjoy providing that. They're preparing it, providing it, and wanting to see you enjoy it. The love is, yeah, and again, that's in New York, 
you you see it in um, which they still have they still that have cultural the pockets cult, right yes. and yep. so I mean in Texas the closest thing that beef. I can come to that is really not even beef okay I mean and we are like one of the beef capitals of the world of yeah. but what we have that you can find that is a special cultural addition yep. is Mexican food. Oh yes. Like I don't want to yes. eat Mexican food here. Yeah. No offense. Oh to no, you. no, yeah, no, yeah. Offense. no, no, no. And 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 Well, I don't know. This is your first time really hanging on Atlanta. First time. We have ever. some we have we have areas within Atlanta where if you want to go get some good Japanese food is here. If you want a good Korean is here. If you want good Mexican is here. I did read and it's that you authentic. have a Chinatown. Yes and it's have you authentic. Been? I have not. Chinatown, I have not. How and can you not go to Chinatown? And it's authentic. Right? I heard that. Yes. I don't know where it is. Atlanta I, has I it. I don't know where we are now. Yeah. Like You're north of Atlanta. I'm like. So where you are. trees everywhere. So Atlanta is in Fulton County. And you are as far north in Fulton County that you can get. Okay. So I'm on the tip. You're on the tip. The northern tip. You literally one block away from here. And you're out of the county that, that Atlanta is in. So, so you are still in Fulton County. How far do you live from here? Like driving? 10, 15 minutes max. Okay. So I'm staying in Marietta. Oh, you're over on the west side of it. I don't um, know where I'm at, but yeah. I can tell you it was a long drive to yeah. get here. Yeah. And you're, Gunny, you're in a whole different area. Gunny's yeah. like, I promise it's going to be worth the wait. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm in, and we didn't bring, we didn't come across on the interstate. Oh, yeah. We drove oh, the back yeah. roads. Yeah, you would. Yeah, and roads, yeah. I was like, I'm in no hurry because I'm enjoying all the sights. Because when you come from Texas, where I live, where there's no trees, right. it's fall here. It's well, you also beautiful. have to recognize that you are at the beginning of the Appalachian Mountains. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. You drive 15 oh. minutes, well, maybe 20 minutes north, and you're in the mountains. Dude, right? I did not know that. You're at the beginning of the Appalachian Trail. If yep. I would have known that, I would oh, have yeah. stayed another day. Oh, because absolutely. Because I am a huge fan of Appalachian music, and it's kind of a new thing for me. Like, I grew up on rock and roll. Yep. And you would have, if you told me 30 years ago that I would be a huge fan of Appalachian music, I'd be like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> but the amount of talent coming out of those places. Yep. And the sincerity in the songwriting, yep. never heard lyrics like it. Like, it blows me away. Like, one of my new favorite s songs is by Tyler Childers. You ever heard of him? No, I haven't. You should no. check him out. Okay. But he does a song called Bottles and Bibles. And oh. it's like, the song is like so heartfelt. It's yes. about a preacher, man, that his wife left him. And he just started drinking. Yep. And it's like, you know that's true. It happened. Oh, of course. He didn't of just course. make this up. Well, you're in an area of town, uh, and, and you're in an area of the, nine, of the United States where you get such a blend of music. You get rap. You get hip-hop. You get, I mean, it's you get blues. You get all of that. All that I wanted here. to go to, have you been to Willie's? You've been there? I've been to Willie. So I looked up 
like the blues yep. and they were like oh you gotta hit up willie's because yep. that's the blues bar of yep. atlanta and unfortunately i'm not going to get to go this time but i've already said next time i come i'm staying longer because yeah. y'all have so much i feel like every time i go somewhere for cigar talk i yeah. don't get to experience what i want to experience because i'm i'm Talking. not working <laughs> but you know yeah honestly yeah and so i'm like Nobody told you you're at the bottom of the Appalachian Trail. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So Atlanta has, and, and I'm a big motorcycle rider and stuff. Oh, and really? Oh, yeah. Atlanta yeah, what has, kind of bike you ride? Oh, I, I race motorcycles for oh, a long time. wow. Yeah. So I'm a sport bike guy. Dude, but I, you I had a motorcycle. all over the place. I had a motorcycle shop, and so I've ridden everything, right? And so Atlanta has, it was in a magazine, Atlanta has the best roads, the best riding in the United States. And I never really thought about that. It's because we have more days that you can ride a motorcycle. We don't have rain all the time. We, you know, like the winter isn't as long. And we have roads, really nice roads through the mountains that people, you know, there was a guy here earlier. He said, hey, I was riding this morning. We'll take off in the morning, drive up into the mountains, see the, see the leaves change and all of that. It's beautiful. You've got, you've got cutbacks back and forth. And it's some, some of the best riding in the United States. And you don't have the yeah. humidity here. Not as much uh, as like in St. Louis Houston. or Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. But it, it gets bad, but it's not Florida. Like how it's hot not, is it in the summer here? Like oh, what's the get average hot. temperature? It's in the 90s, but it's not Texas in the hundreds all the time. It's not the same. We had a record of like 50 days of over 100 this last summer. Oh, wow. Dude. I was in, I was in Texas, and it was I, – I can't remember what the record was, but it was something like that. Like it was just. Have you met days. a lot of Texans? Oh, I oh I've worked in Texas. Okay, outside so Dallas. So here's the thing, like Texans are so cocky, and they love to tell everybody they're from Texas. Yeah. Here's my thing. I'm not that, <laughs> because I'm like, how is it that I'm going to brag about a place I can't stand? <laughs> and it's not that I don't like the yeah. people, yeah. the land. I absolutely hate the weather. I mean, do you want to be outside when it's 107? No, I don't. And it is hot. I, I will. Hey, growing up in Alabama, I know what heat is. But Texas is, is hot. Oh, and, and it's and it's because of well, when I say Texas, the Dallas area. I've been to other places in Texas, but there are no trees to cut down on on the sunlight, the direct sunlight, and the and wind, and the wind, and it's hot. You know. So no, no. When I'm you not, go outside in Texas and where I live, if you think Dallas doesn't have trees, yeah. when you get out to where I live, it's just desert. Yeah. And so the wind's blowing. In fact, where I live in Abilene like heater. <laughs> was in the top five windiest cities in America. Oh, top okay. five. That's not a happy thing to be. <laughs> and so when it's a hundred and up and it's windy, I feel like I am a miniature little something, and there's a giant. Hair dryer just, just blowing on you, burning right, me yes. up. Yes. So, so have you been to the Appalachians? I've been up there. And you rode oh, a motorcycle, oh, of course. Oh, oh every every if if you haven't been here and you ride, there's nothing like it. You can ride from here all the way up into North Carolina and going. Oh yeah, absolutely. How and long does it take to get there to North Carolina? Six hours? No, no, no. Less? No. Oh yeah, you're 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 north, like. So Charlotte is only what three hours, two and a half hours 
from here. So. You can't get anywhere in two and a half hours in Texas. Well, that's why you're, that's, <laughs> hey, Atlanta's a hub, and that's why, right? Everything's a direct flight from here. Think about it. Like, all the flights, I can't, I, I can't imagine living in a, living in a city where you always that? have to take, like, you know, like, you're flying into a major hub from here. Everything is a direct flight. I don't even have a airport that I can fly anywhere directly. Like here, every flight I take goes to Dallas. Pretty and much, then any, I take the new the new flight. Pretty much any country. Right? I mean, it's like, hey, you can fly direct from here. Like you go to London or you or even Asia. You fly in New York from here, and then you and then you cut. Have across. you been to Asia? Oh yeah. Yeah, I've been Where have you places. not been? Let's narrow it down. I've, I've been to some cool places. Have you been to the Middle East? Uh, like where? I don't know anywhere. Iran, no, Iraq, Kuwait, no, Dubai. No, I haven't. Like, okay. That's, like Asia, I've been to. I have not been to Africa. Oh, you haven't not, been to Africa? I have not been to Africa. Well, I've never been to Africa, but my daughter has. No. She loved it there. Yeah. In fact, her friend went over there. And she almost married a dude while she was over there. Have you ever seen a map, a true map? Africa is huge. It's a continent. Ginormous. It's huge. It's not a country. Right. It's, it's a not a country. Continent. Exactly. Yeah, it's a continent. And it has right? a little bit 50, of everything. 53 countries. I mean, wow. uh, yeah, 53. 53. Wow. Right? So where do you start? Right. <sighs> Yeah, she's been all over Europe and Asia. And I'm trying to remember South where she went. You would know it. Um, I'm, it was right out in the middle of Africa. Why? Why do you think so, I know it? I'm well, I mean, because it's a, because it's a very common place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't, it's a, yeah, it's just I, I can't time. remember the name of it, but she went there, loved it. They yeah. actually, while she was doing her mission work. They took a break one day, and they actually went out to, like, the, what do you call it, the Savannah? Oh, yeah, yeah. And yep. was out there. I mean, they saw elephants and yep. lions and all that. Yep. And so she just came back with a whole new appreciation. And she stopped off in uh, Saudi Arabia. I've been there, though. Yeah. Like and, I said, I haven't. Yeah. And, you know. Saudi Arabia is Dubai, not the place I go you to. want to stop off yeah. when you have a suitcase with Bibles in it. And you're female, right? right. I mean, there, there are a lot of things you have to you have to consider. Yeah. And you know, my daughter at this time was only like sixteen. I don't know. I think I'd have a hard time letting my sixteen year old go. You know. Like you know it's, what? I'm an adventure hats guy. Off hats off to you and her, right? I'm hats an adventure off. guy, and so when I was growing up, I always was on my next new adventure even though i didn't leave the country i've been a lot of places in the united states i've met so many great people and that was one of the things that i just loved about just like i told you i moved to st louis didn't know a soul but it was one of the most best experiences i've ever had so whenever she was wanting to go to all these places my wife was like oh i don't know and i was like let her go. Yeah. Let her go. Experience. Hats off to you, right? Hats off because the sexist in me is just like, you know, if I had a son, would I let him go? I'm like, I might, right? It might be easier for me to say, oh yeah, go ahead, you know. But if you have a daughter, I might be. I don't know, you know. 
but, but my but daughter I understand that that's the bias in me. And, yeah. Right, and my daughter has my personality and my drive. Yeah, I didn't want to hold her back right. because I regret not, not leaving that. the country. Yeah. Like when I graduated high school, a very good friend of mine bought a Harley Davidson, and he was like, "Dude, buy a Harley, oh, yeah. and we're just gonna." travel america for like you know a year or so have you seen the ewan mcgregor he does the thing where he just gets on a motorcycle and just drives from country i would love to do that right and you know what i told him no because i'm gonna go to texas tech and we know how that turned out (laughs) and so i was like that was one of the biggest regrets of my life because the dude went on a two-year motorcycle touring the country yeah. without a job yeah he did odd jobs in little towns to get I me mean, you don't need a lot of gas when you're yeah. on a motorcycle and he had a tent yep. and i was like man i missed out on that yeah you'll find that people in other countries um because you're american they want to know about you a little bit and they're supportive of you as well. Oh, you're doing this? And, like, we embrace that that difference. So, oh, you're different? You know, let me, let me learn more about where you're from, right? And so I find that that's been a constant all over. I went to, um, I went to where was it, Ireland. And I thought, being, being a homogenous society, or so I thought, man, they love, they, they wanted to know all about me because I was American. I love Irish me. people. Oh, I, I would go know. back in a heartbeat. I would go back in a heartbeat. Have you done the DNA testing thing? No, I have. I that's that's a whole data thing. I would never do that. So the, I did yeah. it. Yeah, and thankfully, I didn't have any kids I didn't know about. <laughs> that was the big like. <laughs> <sighs> but anyway, I didn't twiddling fingers waiting. Yeah. But what I found out, I was eighty-one percent Irish. Yeah. I didn't know. I absolutely loved Ireland. I I watch a YouTube channel where they go over. They're in Ireland, yeah. but they take American things yeah. and they let these Irish people experience them, and right. they give their feedback. Right. And they've done everything from you know bourbon, uh, desserts, yep. candy bars. And it's just crazy because they're like, oh, that is oh, yeah, too, yeah, sweet. too sweet. Yeah. Or that <laughs> is too this. And it yeah. was like when they drank our bourbon, some of them liked some of them. Yeah. Most of them hated most of it. Yeah. And then there was a few where they loved it. Yeah. And I was like, I would love to go over there because they show like what it's like over there yeah. in the geographical way. Of course. Oh, that's one of the things that you notice. You're like, so beautiful. Man, the natural resources really play a, a, a role in defining what the taste profiles are, what foods are there. You know, why are, why, why is all the food here bland? Okay. Here's why. Really? You know? Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you've traveled all over and I would love to like get your perspective across the board on a lot of places you've been we don't have time to cover all that but which place would you say was your most favorite and the place that you would love to go back to visit for an extended period of time you know i think i've been asked that question before and i always respond with favorite for what so the most beautiful place i've ever been in my life was new zealand phenomenal like the pictures what look, time of year did you go 
it was cold, and I went to the well. I went to both Auckland and the South Island, and I enjoy the South Island the most. It was chilly, but not cold, and I, and I can't. It's been years, and I can't remember what what time of the year it was. But the South Island, it, and that's where a lot of the Lord of the Rings was filmed, and a lot of that. It is phenomenal, just breathtaking, just breathtaking. Where you're going through, you know, caverns and. You're seeing waterfalls all, all around you. Phenomenal. It, it looks like a movie set. Truly does, right? So, so, loved New Zealand. Is that where you would go? Well, again, if you offer me a ticket to go anywhere in the world. you can go anywhere you anywhere want, in the world, where are you going? If you've got two weeks to go there. You know, it might be Africa because I've never been. Oh. You know, so there are different reasons, right? Italians, very welcoming. You know, any place even, you didn't like, uh, that was not enjoyable as what you had hoped. No, really, you know, no. So all I, of I, them had something uh, to offer. Something to offer. You know, like I had no desire to go to India, but absolutely loved it. Really, absolutely. Very hot, very humid. But the people, oh, like, so it's it, hot it and humid. Oh, oh, I didn't abs- know that. I thought it was oh, dry. Oh, new. Well, it depends, right? Because it's India, big. India it's has big. yes, it's big. India has you know a coast, a, a big coast, right? So they had beaches and all that, but we don't see all that, right? But you know where I was, you know, insanely hot, right? And you see people in dress clothes. And I'm like, how are you guys doing this, right? But. Um, Thoroughly enjoyed India. I, you know what I love most about India? I've never been there. I love their clothes for the guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those long, long. Oh, you're talking, yeah, the oh, traditional. Dude, yeah. that is cool. Yeah, yeah. That is cool. Absolutely. When I was In Thailand, same thing. Like you go there. Now you it's got, humid there. It's humid, but I don't remember it being humid okay. you know, so much. But suits, you know, like you go there and you and they're like, hey, let me take your measurements. And look through these magazines, any suit that you want, pick out the fabric, and they're very proud of they their fabric for you. And they make it for me, right? So, yeah. And how expensive was that? Was that? Wasn't. Wow. Right, compa- and better than anything I and they ever take had. a lot of pride. pride. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, I mean, every, that- every place has had something to offer. You know, I think, I think Germany, I felt most um, at home. I, what do you mean? No, no, no. No. I felt most challenged, mainly because really? I don't speak any German. Right Now, you and, do speak some other languages. Yeah, other you languages, speak Japanese. What and, else? And, and some French and Spanish, right? Okay. And so I could draw from the Romance languages, right? But German, it was very different. I, I, it basically, I had to learn on the fly kind of thing. Now, are right? you aware? I don't know. Is, is there a lot of German communities here in Georgia? There is one for sure, okay, but it's not something that you know for me is is prominent. So I don't know where it is, but we have a large Polish environment here. I mean, like community, as well as I would be shocked if there wasn't a, a large German population here in Texas. Yeah, we have tons of German really? yeah. cultures spread out throughout the whole state. Yeah, and one of the big reasons of that is during World War II. We had a lot of people escaping and came here. And so we have whole towns that, like, what is it that they do? Uh, We call them, uh, it's like a biscuit with 
either meat in it or fruit in it. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I will tell you, it just dawned on me. Yes, there's, there's a town probably 15 minutes north of here in the mountains called Helen, and it's a German town. And they have all the, you know, like, it's it's a cool, It when you drive into it, you feel like you're in a German village. And they have all the people selling their wares, you know, like restaurants and all that. But it's called Helen. Huh. Yeah, it's a little German town. And it's not very far from here. Not very far from wow. here. Wow. Uh, 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 Helen, how far is that? Not okay. even that Not even that far. Not even two hours yet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. At the most, yeah. And See, so, I got to go back Christmas, here and experience the whole state. Atlanta has, well. Well, maybe not but, the whole state. Well, yeah. I, when people say they're from Atlanta, there's like Atlanta and then there's Georgia. Right. And so, but no, we've got a little bit of everything here. You know, like transit, you know, Atlanta is really a transient town. Like, I didn't know that until I got here. I've I've met people from New York. I've met people from all over different states. And I was like, very common. I thought that like everybody would be from here. Oh, no, no. And nobody's from here. Major industry, if you think about it, large companies, because we have the major airport and that's a big draw. Right. So you have, you know, you know, all kind Mercedes Benz is big here. Yeah, because like, they, they have their brand have, right have, on the stadium. Yep. Mercedes Benz is here. And so you pull people from any and everywhere, you know, are represented here. So what brought you here? Uh, college. And then from there, I went into telecom. And this is a huge, a huge technology hub in the South. Gunny is yep. in the technology yep. sector. Everything he talked about, I've worked for the same companies. I've, oh. Yeah, we just hadn't had a chance to talk. But, oh, yeah, it's a large community. I would but have small. never thought this was a technology oh, center. Huge. This whole area where you are right now, yeah, basically Atlanta um, was on the forefront of um, fiber optics. And so they ran fiber. You know, all the way up here because taxes were a little bit cheaper. And so you have, you know, have AT&T, Singular at the time, which was their mobile, you know, arm of AT&T. And you were with MCI WorldCom. I was with WorldCom. Uh, yeah. So I worked for a provider that, um, a manufacturer that built all the equipment that all these technology companies use. So, oh, yeah. Wow. What'd you say? Oh, yeah. are, you, are you warm from the heaters? <laughs> Uh, what time is it? And what is our plan? Okay, cool. No, no, no. We're 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 almost wrapping He's it up. Edit all of this. Anyway. I don't edit nothing. <laughs> I, he knows. I'm good. Thank we you, we got cigars in the car. Yeah, I don't need anything else. Thank. No, no. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for the drinks and the cigars. You're welcome. Uh, but, no, I, I love visiting with people about their back history because yeah. that's where the value of the cigar community really oh, is for me. And, dude, you have a lot of unique experiences. There are a lot of other people that have been, like, you'll find there are a lot of Africans that are here, a lot of people from the Caribbean that are here, and just the conversations have been, you know, just them sharing their history. And I've learned a lot about my history in, in, in conversing with them and so forth. So you never really know what you're going to get when you come out here and hang out on the patio. And I love yeah. that. That yeah, is yeah. a true melting pot. That's, that's it one has of, been. That's one of the things that maybe we miss, like, at my home shop. Yeah. 
is the diversity. What, what I will share is if you sit here long enough, you'll find commonality, right? Oh. So there's, te- yeah, it doesn't take long, right? You're like, oh, really? And you, you met someone that was from your home. From yeah. Your birth my, town, where, right? Yeah. Port yeah. Arthur, Texas. Yeah. I mean, doesn't take long. Small world. Does not take long. And you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I found that I, I was talking to a guy. He's from my home city and he actually grew up in a neighborhood, a very, very small neighborhood within Montgomery, Alabama, that I own a house, you know, on. I went, this is crazy that you're here and I'm here in the same spot at this time. And through conversation, we learned that we have that in common, right? And so you'll find that a lot here. You know? And that's what makes it special. It does. Like, at where I'm at, like, we don't have a lot of outsiders. Yeah. Because... People aren't moving to Abilene. Yeah. You know what I mean? I understand. Yeah. People are moving out of Abilene. Yeah. Yeah. And so the diversity that I get where yeah. I am is like my co-host of the show is from East St. Louis. Okay. Our very good friend is from Baltimore. Yep. And then Ed, who's, you know, he was a Vietnam vet. Okay. He's from Baltimore, but... Mm-hmm. He's older, and so the diversity that we get, mainly for me, is more age, like the different yep. amount of time. Yep. Your experiences have been so different from mine because you were born 30 years before me. Right. And so... You'll get that here as I well. I love yeah. that, yeah. but what and I... And they're do, welcome, too, right? Oh, it's, it's, right. Yeah, you're, you're younger than 40, so we don't want... No, oh. no, no. Well, Sit down with us. Nobody yeah. says that to me. <laughs> they know I'm not 40. But we have a uh, what we call the Saturday faculty meeting, mm-hmm. which has nothing to do with faculty. Uh, of course. But that's just what we call it. Yeah. And there's like, I, I want to say that in the entire group, I am the second youngest. Right. The number one is a female, yeah. and she's in her 30s. And then you have me in my low 50s, and then everybody else is like 57 to 74. And so everybody has different backgrounds. So that's where I get to take in the diversity. Yes. And I can tell you this. If you are not taking in the amazing stories, cultures, experiences of a diversified group, you are missing out. And that's the one thing with cigars. I mean, you know, people go in the humidor, they'll buy one, they'll come out and sit. And again, they're not coming in here buying a cigar and then leaving, right? They're sitting down and you'll strike up a conversation, strike up a conversation. And, you know, 15 minutes in and you're like, oh, wow, we had that in common. Yep. Yeah. And and it level sets the conversation, right? And for and me, you, even you, if we don't have... A lot of experiences in common. You ask a question and I'm learn. I'm all because I'm learning. Yeah. It's like, and I'm not knocking education at oh, all yeah. because education is very valuable in certain sectors. And it's fluid. Yeah. And it also teaches you things that you would never have known. But yeah. for me, I get a lot of that education that I didn't get in college yeah. 
from talking with people from different regions, different countries, different... And asking questions. Right. Right. And so that's one of the things I love about doing this show is I get to ask questions just to see where we go. Well, I want to say thank you so much Much for coming on the show and giving us your story. I know we didn't (laughs) even touch on a fraction of it, but what you have shared with us has been like, to me, just like, oh, dude, I would, I could talk to you (laughs) and question you for hours because, you know, I grew up in Texas. I've been to Mexico. I've been to Canada. That's it. That's it. And I've been to every state west of the Mississippi Plus Tennessee and now Georgia. What about Dakotas? No, I've not been to Dakotas. <laughs> okay. I haven't either. I haven't either. No one, just, no yeah. one wants to go to Dakotas. I've met a lot of people from. The why are Dakotas, there two? Why are there two Dakotas? And they don't want to be there. Right. <laughs> it's like I, I told you, I don't like the northern states. Yeah, yeah. Now I have been to Montana, Wyoming, all of those. Oh wow! Okay, I have not made it to those. When I was a kid, we used to drive up to Canada from Texas every summer. And we were on a two-week vacation. That was a long drive. Oh, man. That it was, was a long, long drive. <laughs> this was the 70s when the speed limit was 55. That was a long drive. Yeah. It was. That was a long drive. But you know what? I wouldn't trade those memories for of anything. Of course not. Yeah. I mean, I got to spend I hope time. you don't get away from that. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, you know, adventurous things. That's why I'm with my daughter. I'm like, go. Go. The, the one thing I will say, here within the U.S., I find that we're losing that not the camaraderie, but the, but keeping family close kind of thing, right? We're all, all all over the place, right? And we don't get to enjoy family as much as when you go other places. And it's like my cousin lives there, my brother lives there. It's it's communal, right? Absolutely. And, and the family unit, right? Well, right? I, I told it's, you it's, that my cousin is Hispanic. Yep. His parents, his sister, and himself. And his wife's parents and two brothers all live within a 10-block area. Right. Because they have not let go of they that. They have not let go of that. We have, unfortunately. It is. It's right. very sad. But you go other places and it's and they celebrate food. They celebrate meal. And, and in celebrating food, it's all about, hey, on Sundays, our family all Breaking gets together. Bread. We all break bread and we get together. Right kind of thing. I find that that is more common in other places. Oh, I'm than sure. Here, right. In fact, I would even say that the closest that you're going to get to that yeah. is the cigar community. Yeah, I agree with we, you. In fact, yeah. our uh, little. Uh, I never thought about it that way, but absolutely. Faculty meeting that we have. Yeah. Every so often. We go to the lounge, we smoke a cigar, and then we're off to a restaurant in another town right. to experience that. Yeah. And so last week we went to, a, have you ever been to a family style restaurant? Oh, where yeah. They have know, them here. Okay. Yeah, so we went here. to one of those. And yeah. I mean, now, to be fair, I haven't had the Atlanta experience on fried chicken. Yeah. But we went to a place in Texas that in Texas, it's like the best fried chicken you can get. Yeah. I'm. A little disappointed that I didn't make it to like. You'll have to, you'll have to let me know when you're coming this way again. I will, and, and we'll map out a good Atlanta oh, experience for you because for sure it's it's big. I mean, it, it's it's what do you want to experience this time, right? Because you won't get it all in one trip. 
Not possible. Yeah. Walk it all in. Next time I come. Especially if I take you up to the Appalachian Mountains. Oh. Yeah. Apple, apple picking and all of that is huge right about now up in the mountains. So we have a little bit of everything here. I would have never thought that I would be a huge fan of Appalachian music. But just the lyrics, they sing about what's happened in their communities. Yep. And it's like... It's heartfelt. Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm a fan, right? I'm a fan of folk music as well. Uh, um, just music in general. Good music in general. I'm, I'm going to tell of. you somebody you got to check out. Billy Strings. I have not heard that name. Okay. So he's the one who got me into the whole Appalachian music scene. Okay. They are more bluegrass. Yep. And I would have never thought I liked bluegrass. Yeah. But I will tell you that Billy Strings is the best guitarist in the world that is alive. So I think about um, Notting Hillbillies with um, with Mark Knopfler and a couple of those guys he got together. And so I enjoy their music. And I don't know if you call that Appalachian or not. But like the closest for me, I think of Jewel. And she was doing when Jewel did a – are you familiar with Jewel? I, yeah, I know Jewel. Yeah. And so Jewel did her, at least her first album, right? When she did her yodeling and so forth, I'm like, I really enjoyed that. You know how you know she was like lights out good? Yeah. She did a song with Merle Haggard. Okay. The I know Merle legend. Haggard. I know Merle. Yeah. You know, he died back three years ago. Okay. And, you know, that was my very first concert. Okay. I was nine months old <laughs> and my parents took me with them. Yeah to the Huntsville State Prison Rodeo. Okay. That's how the 70s okay, was. Yeah. The <laughs> 70s. It's funny because I, I have a memory of, um, of going to a, what, what was the band? It was a, a rap group when rap was early. Right. So way and back in the nineties. Way 90s. back no, oh, no, in the seventies. Oh, seventies. Absolutely. You're going way back. I'm going way back. I I told you. I'm now old. who 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 is this? Tell uh, me who it is. I think it was the Sugar Hill Gang oh, at the time. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think is who it was, right? And I remember, you know, vividly sitting on my dad's shoulders. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, my parents were cool. I'm like, oh, they actually took me to a concert. I'm like, oh, pretty good. Right. I think it was the Sugar Hill game. My right. parents used to take me to the drive-in movie. Yep. Me and my mother would be in the front seat of the car. Because my parents were poor and cheap, my dad would be in the trunk. Because they didn't want to pay for <laughs> an extra hilarious. person. Little known fact, Atlanta had one of the last, if I don't think they still have it, drive-ins in the U.S. here. And so I've gone several times here in Atlanta. Now, we have a drive-in in Abilene. Oh, do you? Okay. You know, they're kind of making a comeback. Are they? In certain okay. areas. Yeah. And so, but I remember going to see, like, uh, Good Guys Wear Black with, uh, what was that karate guy? Uh, you know. Bruce Lee? No, not not no, the white guy. Played oh. Texas Walker Ranger. Oh, you're talking um, Norse. Chuck Norris. Chuck, Chuck Norris. Norris. Chuck Norris, yeah. I mean, I, they took me to all those movies back in the day yeah. where today, if you took a kid to see an R-Wired movie, you'd probably get CPS called yes, on you. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly, yeah. But, hey, man, I'm going to wrap it I've up. I've enjoyed it. Thank you Thank so much. Thank you so much, much for having me. It's been a pleasure, yeah, brother. absolutely. 
And uh, hey, guys, this has been a great experience. This is not a regular show. This is a bonus show. So we didn't really jump into the whole sponsorship. We didn't dive into the McAuliffe Minute because this is a bonus show. So that being said, I'm still going to place all the links in the show notes for our sponsors. And you guys know they take care of us. And we would appreciate it if you would check them out. And if you support them, it helps support us. So until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to you. Tell me.